When I was 23 years old, all anybody wanted to ask me was, what do you do for a living? And what was my response? My response was, I do awesome. I'm Steve Armato, and I started this podcast to interview awesome people who build awesome lives. So now, let's do awesome. On today's episode of Doing Awesome, I talk with somebody who over a a three-year span, I became pretty close with. And his name is Felipe Fontes. He is a, I call him a sports media superstar. He started a podcast with a couple guys that he works with that ended up blowing up to over 100 million views in what looks like less than a year and a half, which is unheard of in today's world. He's very knowledgeable. He's very motivating. He's trying to start his own thing is trying to start his own business online business where he helps as many people as possible create and grow their personal brands and this episode is going to be one of those episodes where you get a lot of value and you see somebody who is very similar to your co-host or to your host stay tuned for this episode of doing awesome my guy felipe fontes how are we doing sir welcome to doing awesome Doing great, man. I mean, that with that intro, you know, the name of the podcast and everything, doing awesome. It's sounds pretty good. Like uh, you got some good things to say about me, so I'm happy to be here. I do. That's why you're on the show, man. I, yeah. That that's why you're on the show. It's because I have only good things to say about you. So well, here I mean, we go. We go some context here. We go back to uh, to the game day, which when I say we go back, that's not even that long ago because it's 2023, and that was 20. 20- 21 maybe end of 2020 2021 end of 2020 yeah yeah so you're you grew up in texas the only knock i have against you i have nothing but good things to say about you but the only knock i have against you is that you're a cowboys fan which that's fine you guys we stink you own the Giants, so that's the only bad thing i have to say about you like somebody says what do you think of felipe I'm like he's great but he's a cowboys fan look dude but- i'm used to it i come i come up to new york and like you know, obviously made a lot of friends and everything, but that's usually the one knock I hear. But like you said, you know, it's been in my favor recently. Uh, I think Dak has like never lost to the Giants or something like that. So, you know, what is that like six years or something? I don't remember the last time the Giants beat you guys. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't know when that was. Even yeah. when, even when the Giants were good and the Cowboys weren't, you'd still get one out of two right. every year. The only time we really would get you is you'd beat us twice in the regular season. If we see you in the playoffs, we, we'd beat you. That's the only time we'd get you. Yeah. Well, other everybody than that, gets, gets us in the playoffs. So, yeah, that's you know. that's a problem. But that's not yeah. that, that's not what we're talking about. Right. You know, that's that's right. fine. We're not we're not here to talk about that. Um, so you grew up in Texas and you made your way all the way over here. How did you make your way east? Yeah, man. So uh, really, I was in high school and, you know, I played football my whole life football was my life and i got to that time when you start thinking about college around like junior senior year i was really late i never actually really cared about academics too much i only cared about football but i blew my knee out my junior like junior year spring ball so in texas like football is so big you play spring football whereas like up here it's really only colleges that do that but i tore it and so i was gonna miss my whole senior year and i was like damn i really gotta start thinking about life outside of football and I didn't have the size to like really be good in college anyway so I had to think about that and 
I was like, all right, how do I stay in sports? Um, and, and, you know, do that for, for, for work or like for real life. Like how can I make, you know, sports a reality, even if I can't play in it and sports media made sense. I would watch like first take all the time. And I just like <laughs> Stephen A. Smith, I, every, everybody hates him, but he was like my guy when I was in high school. I just loved him ever since I was in like middle school. So I was like, all right, I'm going to do whatever he did. And I knew he was a journalism major. I'm like, all right, let me, I'll probably, you know, do journalism. And so I looked up some of the programs across the country and, Hofstra at the time, Hofstra University was one of the best uh, in the country. They had like the best radio station in the country, according to the Princeton Review or something like that. And I was like, oh, that'd be kind of cool to go up to New York and do that. And so um, I looked at a couple other schools, but I just kind of put everything into Hofstra. And then I got accepted there. I went to college there, did the whole journalism program in New York. And then at that point, I had a couple, I got a couple internships in the city as well. And I'm like, yeah, I might as well just you know, stay in New York City. This is where all the sports media is going on anyways, for the most part, at least like, you know, the the bigger happenings are up in New York City. So uh, so then I stayed in New York City and, and that's really why I'm here. It's just like I went to New York for college and then I just never left. That happens a lot, though. People come here for co- people come to New York for college and they don't leave. I I just grew up here and I just still won't leave. But I get it, man. There's a lot. I, there's a lot going on here. Like you, you come and I didn't, it's not like I came, a lot of people think like, Oh, you came from Texas. You used to ride a horse to school. Like it wasn't like that. Like I was in the, like a super uh, metropolitan area, you know, like uh, it's very suburban or whatever. And a lot of people. And, uh, but still you come to New York and there's still 10 times more things going on. Like there's, you know, just being in a city like this and I live in Manhattan now it's, yeah, it's just uh, it's it's a different world, but it's one that you know you feel the vibrance, you feel the energy, and you either love it or you hate it. I feel like I don't feel like many people are here and just kind of like, eh, I kind I kind of like it, you know, because it could be too busy for many people. But uh, I I love it. I love the energy, and and yeah, like that's why I'm here. It's fast, man. It's a different speed. Yeah. It's like it's the NFL where somewhere else is like you know uh, I only say not I'm not gonna say the SEC. Because I'm going to say New York is like the NFL and that's like the American Athletic Conference from somewhere else, you know, yeah, totally different speed. Right. Yeah, exactly. Some people might not understand that analogy, but let's put it this way. It's basically whether you're going to be listening to Taylor Swift or you're going to go to a I'm bad with music, but I'm going to say Taylor Swift or like. You got it, bro. I got trust yeah, in you. Just What's not tell, not Taylor Swift, basically. <laughs> basically. Hey, Paramore. I, there we go. Paramore. It's the difference between Taylor Swift and Paramore. It's just a different like speed. So I, I like it. I like the trend. I like the trending uh, artist in this as well. In this conversation, we had to throw the, Taylor Swift in there somehow. Had to throw Taylor Swift in there. She's she's all the rage right now. As a sports media guy, do you even care? What are you thinking? about this honestly i think it's outplayed the like i i saw like the the memes and like the screenshots of i think it was like espn's instagram feed and meanwhile the dolphins are beating uh the broncos i think right like 70 to 10 or something like that yeah while that's happening like out of 12 posts or out of like 
20 posts, 18 of them are about Taylor Swift at the Chiefs game. Yeah. And so I think that's like the perfect example of, of, of what's actually going on right now. I actually don't care too much about it, but, uh, you know, it's funny. So who cares? I mean, what I need is her to be a distraction so that some of Kelsey's targets get moved over to Rashi Rice. And that'll mm. help my fantasy, fantasy team. implications. So, Got yeah, it. That's yeah. neither, that's neither here nor there right now, but that's all I'm going to say about that. But, so you, you come here, you're fresh out of school. And when I meet you, you get, you were, I think you were employee number one or two with the game day. Technically what, eight, technically te- eight, I technically think. eight, but there was yeah. a bunch of people that were employees that right. weren't really right. employees. You, yeah. you're an OG at the game day. How, how did you a link up with them to get that job? And B, what were you thinking at the beginning? Cause we were probably thinking the same thing. Yeah, man. So look, I, I graduated in 2020 and we know what happened in 2020, like COVID just took over the world. It destroyed everything. And so that was May. I graduated like remotely, I guess, like everything was remote. My classes were remote. I got kicked out of school essentially because, you know, they sent everyone home. So then I graduated in May and then I was looking for a job for like a few months and it was just, you know, obviously a bad economy and all that stuff going on, a lot of layoffs and the, I mean, COVID just and disrupted everything. And so I was applying to a bunch of jobs for months and then around October, like late, yeah, I think it was like early October. So I'm coming up on the anniversary right now. Uh, yeah. And thinking like a week or like nine, nine or 10 days, it'll be my anniversary at the game day, three years. But around that time, I applied to another job that I saw. It was on LinkedIn. And I got an email at like four in the morning the next day. And I'm like, this is weird, like four in the morning. And then I realized they were based in UK or at least the, the CEO and stuff. And they were like, hey, like, yeah, we'd be interested in like, would you be interested in interviewing? And he gave me the option for that day. So I interviewed that day and uh, they pretty much hired me like the next day. And so I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, they they kind of need people. Uh, yeah. And that lends me to like your second question, which is like, what were my thoughts, man? So coming in, I interviewed with two people, uh, Dennis, right, who's yep. still at the game day. Actually, his anniversary is today. Uh, which uh, yeah, funny. this this. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll tell yeah. you a Dennis story after. Keep going. All right, sick. So, so Dennis, and then another guy, uh, Doug, who probably is never going to listen to this. So I can kind of say this. You know, Doug was a character. Ended up leaving after in a few months, and um, was my boss. And yeah, so that's it. Was kind of the original crew. I ended up meeting you. I ended up meeting uh, Ryan, who was there as well, and like just really just like everybody that was putting in work at the time, which was like, you were just doing a little bit of everything. And honestly, like I didn't have much, I didn't really have an idea of what was going on. Like, uh, in terms of like, what's the long-term implications here. I knew we were trying to make some, something special happen with like media, a lot of production at the time, like COVID, everybody was doing all this remote production, like recording on zoom and doing all that. And I had done that on my own too. I had my own little podcast that I had kind of worked on a little bit before that during COVID uh, in like the spring. And so for me, it was just really fun to jump into an environment where like, I felt like I was going to be needed. Like I said, like there wasn't that many people there. It was just a few of us. Right. And it was cool to get my hands dirty. Uh, I had prior experience at like big companies, uh, CBS Sports, NBC Sports for like internships. I was at uh, also uh, NBC mm-hmm. Sports. Did I say that? Sirius XM. I don't know. I was, I was at a few like big companies. Yeah. And 
I hated it because I was just doing all this like boring, busy work and it wasn't, I couldn't see the result of anything. Like I was just doing stuff that really didn't matter. And I was super bored. So when I got to this job and I was one of the few employees really got to get my hands dirty, I was like, Oh, this is awesome. Like I didn't know the long-term implications. I didn't know anything like that, but I just knew that I was getting paid to actually do work and, and have that, you know, be seen like whatever I was working on was going to get produced and it was going to go out on YouTube or Instagram or whatever it would be. And so that was really cool. So while I didn't know the long-term implications and my dad actually didn't want me taking this job, I had another offer at the same time to go work at, uh, uh, Vox, one of their SB nation. Um, so I had another, I had another one for SB nation and it was for, to be a staff writer. And I was like, I don't want to be a writer. So, uh, my dad actually got on to me for not taking like the safer job at the bigger company. My mom was all for it. She's more like me, kind of like a risk taker. And, uh, I don't know. I think it worked out, you know? Yeah, no, it did work out. And there's nothing, there's nothing safe about the SB nation job. Like there, yeah. there's nothing safe yeah. about that, but no. Yeah. So it's funny because. We, the first day I got a call on a Thursday from Ryan and he goes, Hey man, we need, I I'm linked up with, uh, I'm linked up with this guy, Steve. He goes, I'm linked up with this guy, Steve. He goes, they just need a couple videos this weekend. They're brand new company. They're just launched. He goes, they just need a couple videos this weekend with, I think it was like Merrill Hodge. Merrill Hodge. Yeah. I remember that. They're like, we'd need, he goes, he tells me it's going to be like five videos. And we did 21 videos in, in two days. So I, I immediately, I was like, Ryan, you're, I see what you did there. But then he calls me on Monday, he calls me that Monday. He goes, Hey man, they, they love it. Um, they love what you did. You want to keep working with them? I said, yeah, let's, let's go. He goes, all right, I'm here. Let's go. We're there for a week. And then boom, Dennis immediately comes in. Here comes Dennis. Dennis gets on a call with me and Ryan and he just looks at us and he goes, listen, he goes, we don't have much yet. He goes, we got we small. He goes, we're going to, he goes, let me like, we're going to sit down, figure out who we know talent wise, figure out what we can make. And we got to start just pumping content. We're like, let's do it. So we're pumping content. Then you came along and then slowly, slowly, I slowly it looked like, oh, we're just they are hiring people and this thing is moving and it moved. I felt like it, it moved so quick. I felt like it grew so fast and everything kept changing. And then it just turned into what it is now, which is a very big sports media property, especially in the social space, which is what I want to get into caps off comes about, right? Nothing had really hit like a couple of things may have hit, prior to caps off at a couple of different things ish, but caps off comes along. It's you, it's Jack, it's uh, Adam Matan. I'm sure I'm missing a few people there, but that comes along. How did that come about? And what was the game plan here? Because you, that has grown. I mean, what do you have a hundred over a hundred million TikTok views? You got over a million followers that, that has grown so quick. How did it come about and how did that move so quickly to what you guys have built? Yeah. So you're right. Like the growth was insane. It was so quick at the same time. Like I remember just working so much that the time would, it went by really slow. I felt like from October to March was like just this super, super slow grind. And 
but as it started to grow, we started bringing more people on and especially heading into that next fall. So like within a year, uh, we, Adam had come on, he became the new NFL manager. We had brought, you know, a bunch of different guys on social, different people on social. And so at that time, like we had Jack who was doing baseball. I was doing NFL, but at that time I got, after a year, I got bumped up to senior social media manager. So Adam was on NFL. And then we had Matan who was doing a lot of like the video editing and stuff. And every day in that, at that same time is when we started coming into the office. So I think it's when a lot of, uh, a lot of jobs started welcoming people back in right. kind of uh, over that whole COVID thing where everybody's working remotely and they're like, Hey, we're going to have a chance to make content in the studio in person, which is a lot better as we know. And so we were doing a bunch of one-off things, trying to do a bunch of different video series. As you kind of mentioned, a bunch of things thrown at the wall, some kind of worked, others not really. And, Throughout this whole period where we're trying a bunch of stuff, every day we're like, we're coming into the office and we're just arguing about sports. We're just talking about the NFL, football. It just turned out that football was the thing we all liked. It was like the one thing we all had in common. So we would just come into the office and we would argue every day about it. We would talk about all these different things and, and have stupid arguments. And we had a group chat. And you know how group chats are with your friends where you're talking about the NFL and like there's always one guy that's <laughs> – saying all these like crazy provocative stuff. And then there's another guy who like doesn't watch any tape, doesn't watch any, oh, I say tape, but like doesn't watch any of the games, but has these like wild opinions. And another guy who's like really like analytical and has these stats. And there's a guy that just yells all the time. And that's kind of what the, it ended up being in the office. We kind of like felt that way. Uh, I tended to have some, some of the hotter takes I would say, but also I would come from a standpoint of understanding football a little bit more than them, just because I played the, uh, the game in a way, uh, you know, like a lot more really than they had. And so, yeah, so we ha were having this arguments, these arguments every day. And at the time we had this, I think he was like the a VP of content development or something like that, or SVP of content development, uh, something like that. And he was with us for six months during this period of growth. He was one of the guys that came on, one of the higher guys, and he ended up leaving to, to do his own thing. And but the day that he was leaving, he came to us. I don't know if you ran into Spencer. I was talking about Spencer, but m maybe you know, maybe you don't. I might have ran into him for like a quick second. Okay, cool. So yeah, yeah. you you probably you probably seen him. Well, he sat us down that last day that he was there. He was kind of saying goodbye to everybody, and he was like, "Hey, like um, individually." He sat us down, and when he came to me, he was like, "What do you want to do? Like, what's your long term goals?" And I'm like, "Oh, like you know, I'm just trying to grow, whatever." And he's like, well, here's the thing is you guys, you, Adam, Jack, you guys argue like every day about football and all this like NFL stuff. And the thing is, is like if you put a camera on this and a mic on you guys, it would be super entertaining because you guys are funny. You make good points. You kind of go back and forth. And like it's just super entertaining as somebody on the outside just watching you guys. And he pretty much was like, you guys should start a podcast or just a show where you guys are just talking, um, do it for the game day. And, and rather than like ask them to do it, do it. And then, uh, you know, what's that saying? Like, don't ask for permission. Ask at, for, ask for, uh, forgiveness. Later. Forgiveness. After. Hey, that's pretty yeah. much what he said. And so we're like, okay, cool. Like that's kind of cool. And Matan at the time was like, yeah, I would love to produce something like this. Like we're all just trying to make something that's good with us. Cause at the time we we're using a lot of outside talent and it wasn't really working. And so we're like, yeah, let's do this thing.
So we bring it to the guys at the time, like the the higher ups per se, like with the Dennis's. And uh, at the time we had another like VP or SVP of content, which was Nate. And they were like, you know what? Let's try this thing out. Like you guys think it's it, it's going to work. Let's try it out. And so, you know, we try it out kind of bare bones. It's not the prettiest thing in the world. The, the, the camera angles are all off or whatever. Like it, it looks terrible, but we try, we put one video out on TikTok. We put not even, we don't even have a name of the show yet. We don't have anything. We put it out on one of the owned verticals that we had on TikTok, which was the game day HQ, which was just like office videos at the time. And it got like 60,000 views. And we're like, okay, that's proof of concept potentially. Like the, our previous videos that we were putting up had like no views at all. Right. It was like our office stuff. So we're like, that's kind of cool. And so we, that was kind of like what we needed as far as like to show the, the higher ups that, all right, like let's maybe organize some thoughts around this and try to make it happen. And that happened pretty quickly. We put a logo together, like really quick. We ended up with the name caps off, which is just, uh, has like multiple meanings, obviously like the lingo with Gen Z, uh, everybody's talking about no cap, like I'm not lying, but then also, uh, <laughs> And 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 group chats like we were thinking, you know, like people go all caps in chats. So it's like relax, and and there was multiple meanings, and we're like, okay, this kind of works. The original name that Adam had was Ass Talk because he's like, we're all gonna talk out our ass, and that got shut down really quick, real by, quick. That's not. Yeah. I can see that just them like, no, next next try. Yeah, exactly. And so it, it was caps off. We got the logos done real quick. We have, you know, the in-house design team that was able to whip stuff up and we put the couches in the studio and we just started recording and that blew up really quick. But that was kind of like the origin of it is just kind of like how it can, how it went down. That's crazy. It's crazy to, it's crazy too, because so it's, what's crazy about it is I had worked with all of you before, right? And I had worked with all of you in different ways. So I actually, I, me and Jack had a baseball podcast. So yep, I already knew. Daily dingers. So daily dingers, J bro. Jack had some wild takes on yeah. that thing. Yep. And then I had worked with, I had filmed with Tish. Shout out Tish. Tish and Adam at the Sweet 16. That's it right. It was uh, St. Peter's and North. It was the St. Peter's run when they beat Purdue. So I'd filmed with him. So I had experience with him. I was like, that guy's really good on camera that yep. I just worked with you in general. And I, I didn't, I worked with Matan, but I didn't really know. Like, I just knew he had good takes. And I thought that, you know, I thought that, um, he was just good guy, knew what he was doing. Like always yeah. was like into the production, into the editing. And so when I saw it all together, I was like, all right, I was like, this works. I was like, this is like four different, this is four completely different personalities. Yeah. This is like completely they're all they're all bringing something else to the table and it works it's it's great like i love the clips the clips are the clips you guys put together are awesome you guys go viral all yeah. the time yes yeah. it it's great now i i can't say that i agree with some takes that you have because but that's that's the point that's why it does well you don't want anything people but people don't understand that you don't want every you don't want people to agree with everything because then nobody's watching. Nobody really cares. Correct. Yeah. It's, and I mean, you, and you put out a lot of, you're a big, you're big on Twitter. Like you're a big Twitter guy now. Um, yeah. I see. Do you, when you post on Twitter and it's similar to your content, are you attempting 
to put up a hot take or an opinion that might be against the grain of what a majority of people have. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think with the content in general, especially on these like short form platforms and short form platforms, like short form video platforms would be TikTok and Instagram, but Twitter also is that like tweets is short form content. And so, yeah, like if I'm writing up a tweet, that first line, I need it to be kind of hooky and it might be controversial in some sense, but all, in my opinion, all content and most content that does well on these short form platforms they they have a hook. They got to grab attention in some way. And that might, sometimes it might rub people the wrong way. But if you actually go in and listen to the full thing or read the full thing, if you're on Twitter or whatever it is, then you're actually going to get the perspective of what's going on. So people who understand content, understand that. And they're going to go out and fully read something before they, you know, go out and, and make a huge judgment on, on, a tweet or a person or a person who made a tweet or a person who said this on a TikTok video because they're going to wait to like see the full thing. And so, uh, so yeah, I definitely do, you know, use that as a strategy to bring people in and uh, just get their attention. Yeah. I mean, you do a really good job of it and you've grown. I feel like you've grown quickly on Twitter and on top of that, you are a coach. You coach people podcasts um try to build you're trying to build your own thing what type what are you trying to do and what type of people are you trying to help yeah so that's that's a great question uh i did start that i started that around january obviously like with all the success we had with caps off blowing it up to i mean now like you just said we just got a hundred million view count i think Um, i saw that the other day that was pretty good yeah and uh two hundred thousand followers across all our platforms And so it was really quick growth. And I was thinking, you know, I'm like, wow, I could really help out other people who are trying to do the same thing. I have valuable information to give. And so that's an endeavor, a pursuit that I really wanted to go after, um, which was just like helping other people trying to do the same thing. And so I've been through multiple stages of that. And it started off with people where I thought like, oh, I put myself a few years back when I had just graduated college and I just kind of want to do a podcast because I'm like, I don't want to work for a big company. Let me just like do podcasting and stuff like that and helping those people out. And I think that's most of my audience on TikTok. But as I, as you know, and when you're creating content and you're creating something on the side like that, like it's, it, it's got to make, uh, what's, what's the saying? Like, if it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. Yeah. Or something like yeah. that. And I just realized that like that audience, it was great, uh, going after that target audience to grow my, to grow my personal brand in terms of like coaching and helping out on that end, but it wasn't the most uh, beneficial monetarily. And so since then I've kind of shifted overall to more, uh, entrepreneurs, founders, um, and people in that kind of area that are starting a brand or, or, or growing a podcast and want to really, you know, connect with the growing audience, connect their, their podcast, their videos, even their, uh, social brands in general with the growing audience. And that's kind of, uh, where I've shifted over the past mm, few weeks or so. Yeah. And that's, what's awesome about that is that a lot of people who are, I don't maybe they're an entrepreneur already or maybe they're trying to become an entrepreneur. I don't think they fully understand how important an audience is. Yeah. And how to grow it. 
And a yeah. lot of times, a lot of times you need that nudge from somebody. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think a lot of people like, look, there's a lot of businesses today and the world is shifting so quickly when it comes to, you talk about AI and just like everything's digital and all this type of stuff. And the most valuable thing you can have today where in the past you didn't, you could have a great product in 1990 and it's going to sell itself. Probably you can find ways you can just pay for advertising here and there. Well, today everything is, everything's online, like social, like your audience, what do you have that, what, what distribution do you have? Um, where before, like everybody, it, it was unfair, right? Because whoever could pay for distribution had distribution, but if you didn't, then you couldn't. And today you can really build an organic audience for free. Just, make great content and it goes kind of back to what we were talking before how are you capturing your audience with hooks and stuff like that and so when you can grow that audience then you have uh you have a follower base that you can do what you want with right like that yeah they're watching your videos and stuff like that but the more people you have brands are going to want to attach themselves to that so now you're talking about brand sponsorships you can also take the affiliate route with that and um we know the game day we were talking about obviously with sports media and all that you DraftKings DraftKings comes by and they say hey we're gonna pay you 150 for every customer you bring our way so now you're connecting people through them you're making money that way there's just an endless opportunity and I think the biggest thing is if you have your own product if you have distribution you have a follower base that follows and sees they see who you are and they like you and they're following you because they like you then you're, you don't even have to sell your product necessarily because you sold yourself. Like they bought you. Now whatever you have that you want to throw their way, that is going to help them, hopefully. Uh, they're going to be more willing to buy than like a cold consumer who you're like, hey, like, this is what I have. Like, you know, I use car salesmen. And so I think there's so many benefits to having an audience, to just really having that distribution. And as you, as you said, like a lot of business owners have a product, but don't know how to grow that audience. Don't know how to develop that distribution. And, you know, that's what I'm really trying to help out with. Right. And you said it, and this is so true about business in general. People do business with people. They're not buying that. Yeah, maybe they're buying a product. Maybe they're buying a service. They're buying you at the end of the day. Nobody, nobody understands that. Well, people do understand that and people that understand that do well the people that don't understand it have no idea and they're yeah. never going to have an idea and they're never going to get it it's people do business with people and that's the biggest thing and the biggest takeaway for anybody you don't want to there's you want to do business with certain types of people and then there are people that immediately you meet and you're like and you say i don't i don't want to do business with this person i just don't want to be associated with them and and that's it so you can have a great product great service if you're not if you're not a person that somebody wants to do business with, they will not do it with you. End right. Of the day. And I mean, that's the great thing about, you know, personal branding and just building that, the, the distribution on social, as we kind of talked about, because you're creating content and you're not actively pitching. Like you're, you're building a, a rapport, a relationship with whoever comes and follows you and they choose to follow you. So they're choosing to be engaged with what you're putting out. And so, uh, kind of like, you know, I was taught, like I worked at LA fitness when I was in college and like one of those summer jobs or whatever. And my bought and I worked in, like, I would sell personal training and that was even true then. Like this wasn't even online, but it was true. Then my boss told me, 
people buy you, then they buy your product. So you got to be able to like, it's not about necessarily the product. The product can sell. Like there's been, you know, we've sold training here and there or whatever, but you got to be able to sell yourself. And a huge part of that is presentation and content and social media in general. That's what you're doing. You're, you're, you're putting out content all the time. You're, you're, you're presenting yourself in many different ways and allowing consumers um, and who you hope will be your buyers or whatever it, it may be to become you know more familiar with you. And so when you do actually want to, when there's a sale to be made, then it's, it's fluid. Like you're not even coming to them first time. They already know who you are. They're familiar with you and they trust you already. Absolutely. Trust is a big thing. You got to get people to know you. You got to get people to like you. You got to get people to trust you. And then there's selling's easy. That's it. That's the only things that anybody needs to know. And that's, that's right. That's it. So I want to ask this question to you. You, you know, you kind of did this. I mean, you did it right out of school and now you're, you're very successful in doing it. But what advice would you give a young person who might be coming out of school? Maybe they're out of school a year or two and they still, they want to be in sports media. What would you, what advice would you give them? How do they get into the sports media field? And I'm not talking, I'm not talking like, Hey, you know, go work at ESPN as an intern. There's, I'm talking like they want to do what you're doing. So how, yeah. what advice do you have for those people? I'm glad you specified. Cause I was about to answer. First thing is don't go work at ESPN. <laughs> you know, don't <laughs> yeah. go, don't go try to work for a big company. I mean, first of all, you're going to waste a lot of time trying to get in there. It's, it's, well, at a place like ESPN, it's super competitive, but even at a place that's less competitive, let's say like, you know, like I mentioned, I intern at NBC Sports or CBS Sports. You get to a place like that and they completely waste your time. Like, I mean, you're going to be doing a bunch of busy work and stuff like that, and it won't be years before you actually do something that you might be able to to have fun in and actually do something rewarding. Right. But since you crossed that out, which is great, um, then like how does someone get into creating content and being able to work in the sports media field, actually getting their hands dirty and actually creating something that's valuable? Um, I am a big proponent of this and I tell everybody this when, and when people come and ask me, you know, how, what should I do? I always say like, look, first off, there's a lot of opportunities out there, but I favor the ones that are at smaller companies or companies that are starting to grow and develop because if you're able to get into a position like that at a smaller company that's really developing they're going to utilize you like they're because they have to and so they're they're going to spend they're spending money on you uh, as a as a resource to be able to get stuff done and they're going to want to make the most out of you as compared to what we kind of talked about before where you're just like a little cog in a huge machine and you're not going to do anything that's really uh, worthwhile and so at a small company you're able to get all you know all this experience, not only is it more fun because you're actually doing stuff and you're seeing the results and what you're creating, but you also develop your skills a lot. And so you become a lot better. And I became like a better video editor uh, because I had to do stuff and I wasn't even there to video edit a, a lot of times. Like I remember I was working in Adobe After Effects. Like I barely knew about that, but I was creating stuff that, you know, I had to because it was how we were promoting the show and whatever. And so you develop these skills that you don't even, you would never develop if you weren't put in that position. So you develop right. your skill set, you have a lot more fun. And what happens is when you develop your skill set and you have fun doing it, time flies because you're enjoying it. But also it puts you in a position to 
kind of choose where you want to go. And so for me, like I, you know, I've been at the game day for three years. So it's not like I even shifted into another job or whatever it may be. But what happened with me was I saw a lot of quick growth. So in about like six months, I got my first promotion. I got a decent like pay bump. But then around like, like a year and a half after I started. So I guess like pretty much a year after that, I got like a 33% raise because I was like, hey, I'm doing all this stuff. I got all this experience. I'm doing so much of this stuff and I'm not really being compensated for it. Like I went on LinkedIn. I'm like, this is what I'm doing. Here are, you know, the average salaries compared to other people doing the same thing. And I got just like, I, I doubled my salary uh, from when I started to like a year and a half later. So that's right. like kind of unheard of um many times and that i was able to do because of all the experience i got and so if i didn't go that route i would be able to leverage all the skill set that i've developed in because i was at the small company and go somewhere else and get a big pay raise there and get a higher title there and so i had the leverage at that point and so i guess like what kind of sums it up is you go to a smaller company you build your skill set uh, while actually enjoying what you're doing. And then you create leverage because you have so many skills that you can kind of do what you want with it. And so that's my, my, my number one thing. Um, you know, another benefit you could, that you could get, like I've been able to do is we started a podcast. If I was at a bigger company, I wouldn't, I couldn't dream of being on camera or doing anything like that because we're at a smaller company. I was able to do that. The podcast grew, uh, my personal brand grew through it. Um, that your personal brand is yours. You can do whatever you want with it. And it goes on and on. So I would definitely like, that's my biggest piece of advice. Yeah. And I'm very happy that you use the term skill set because I feel like a lot of people don't realize you need skills to get pay bumps to get better jobs because a lot of people think, oh, I'm just doing this for X amount of time. I deserve a raise. Or I went to this school and I have this degree. I deserve a job. Do you have skills? What right. skills do you have? What can you do to help a company? That is the most important thing. So I love that you harped on building your skill set because once you build a skill set, nobody can take your skills away from you. You could nope. take that anywhere else that you want to go. And I do feel like a lot of people, I sound like an old man saying this, but a lot of younger people don't realize that they don't yeah. realize that you have to build a skill set first. Nobody starts at the top of anything. And if you're willing, you got to be willing to suck for a little bit. You, you Everybody sucks at something at, at first and you have to be willing to suck and then get better and grow. And like you said, build the skill set. So I'm really happy that you mentioned that because I tell people all the time when they, when they ask a question about something like that, it's like build skills because if you don't have any, you, if you have skills, if you don't have any skills that are transferable from job to job, nobody's going to hire you. Yeah. That's the thing. It, it really comes down to, it really comes down to skill, man. And I think you can still develop those skills on the side. Let's say you are working at a, a bigger company where you don't get those opportunities. You have, I mean, it's 2023 and you have every software, every, you have computers, like you, you, you can do whatever you want to create on the side and still develop those skills. And a good example is like, I work with, I mean, we talked about Matan, but Matan was a music major in college. 
never did anything in media in, in terms of like sports media or journalism or anything like that that would trans usually would translate more to, to what we're doing today. But he got his first internship at uh, at Whistle. And he learned how to video edit and do literally everything that's needed on the, that he's doing today. He learned it on the job. So all these skills, like you can learn, you can teach yourself, you can do it on your own. And yeah, like that's what's valuable. That's what's going to get you a job if you want. That's what's going to allow you to succeed if you're going to do stuff on your own. It's not a college degree. None of that matters. Like as far as I know, like I, I really don't think that in – and I don't know what the timeline is. I, I could say 10 years. It might be longer. But at some point, college degrees just aren't going to matter that much because we have a kid that's interning for us. He's a freshman now, but he's been there three years uh, at, at the game day. And we got him in high school. The reason we knew about him is because he had an Instagram page that popped off. Like, again, do something on the side and you'll get rewarded right. for it. And he's better at his job than, like, 28 year people who've been out of college for like six years. Like he just does what he does. He understands social media. He understands content better than these people who went to college. So uh, it's not about a degree. It's not about, you know, a title on a piece of paper, like none of that stuff. Like, do you have skills? If you have skills, you can do anything you want with it. Absolutely. And the only college degrees that are going to matter are lawyers, doctors, right. things right. like that. Anything right. else you can learn on the job, go shadow somebody. Don't go into debt to go get your hands on a degree that nobody's going to ask you what your GPA was when you got out. So I'm glad you specified because I definitely don't want to go to a doctor that doesn't have a degree. So I'm really, yeah, those, they need degrees. They, you know, they need, they need degrees. You want to go to the doctor that has the degree, you know, was taught, but it does anything else that that doesn't matter. Lawyers too, but that the other stuff really does not matter. Right. right. (laughs) Especially content creation. It's just no content creation. You could do it in your bedroom starting when you're eight, if you want to, and you could be a pro by the time you're 18 and you could become Mr. Beast and just make a billion dollars on YouTube. You could, you could do that. That could be you. If you are, I don't know how much of our audience is eight years old, but if you are eight years old listening, you could be Mr. Beast. If you start now, just give it 10 years, man. That's motivation right there. That's it. That's a, that's all, that's all it is. That's all it is. I'm definitely cutting that up for a clip. There's just no way I'm not. (laughs) So so do you have, do you have a mentor or mentors, um, that you, that you look to for advice or a board of, I like this term. I see a lot of board of advisors. Do you have anything like that? Yeah. So ever since I started really developing my personal brand and seeing like, how can I make a business out of this? Uh, and, and like I said before, like leverage the skills that I have and turn it into an online business where I can help other people that want to do the same thing that I did. And so in that process, I found a couple mentors. I actually have two. I, I start off paying for mentorship and then it's become a relationship where it's just like a lot of conversation. And it's funny cause they're both based in, in, in Europe. Uh, well, they're both English. One of them actually lives in Sri Lanka, but, um, it's yeah, there, it's, man. Yeah, I know. He's like always shirtless when we, when we, on our calls, he's just like shirtless as fuck. And I'm like, I got stuck on a lay, I got stuck on a layover there, dude. It's hot, but sorry, keep going. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, no, I really just, I go to them a lot about, you know, growth when it comes to personal branding. Um, and then turning right now specifically with one of them's name's Tom. And it's specifically, uh, turning, personal branding into, into dollars pretty much. And like how, you know, creating the offer that is going to be uh, successful and 
everything that comes with that really like the strategy to monetize uh, your skill set and and take that you know to uh, like have control of that right because i think one thing he says that's like very cool is that essentially everybody's an entrepreneur you're just you're just uh selling your skill set to one person when you're an employee whereas you could kind of package that and sell it to multiple and now you have a lot like really it's just a lot of clients so it's a different way to look at it um i don't think everybody's an entrepreneur not everybody has that mindset but it's just like obviously uh a concept there but uh, I've been working with them. And then I would say, man, I've come to you in the past for advice. So I consider you a mentor, whether you know that or not. Like oh, I get a lot you, of, dude. I get a lot of info and a lot of uh, inspiration from you, especially because you've, I mean, you, you, I think, I think you've done a good job of like documenting what you're doing. And I think that's awesome. That's what I want to do. And it, that's inspired me. And I want to be able to inspire other people in the same way. So I'll consider you one. I've actually, um, I went to Canton, Ohio for this fantasy football expo that was for the game day. And there I met uh, a couple guys. And one of the guys I met, his name's Alex Caruso. I'm not sure if you're uh, I know familiar with is. him. I'm Big fantasy guy. Yeah. yeah. And so I met him there. We had some conversation. And every month now we, we, we scheduled a call like on a monthly basis where we just kind of check in on each other, see what's going on, what are we doing. And I think like he's young, man. He's 22. You would think he's older with how successful he is. He just had a hundred thousand followers on Twitter. He's big on TikTok. He's big everywhere. Uh, but he just has so much knowledge. So I just believe in learning from others who have done it before or who are just better than you at something. And uh, everybody I go to, uh, they they can provide me with something that either I don't have, whether it's like knowledge or experience. Or they can just, you know, give me uh, words of wisdom and and guidance towards something. So it's just uh, real quick. It's funny because I met Alex at that at that convention, and he was actually he stayed at my place, stayed on my couch like two nights ago, because he was coming to New York to meet with a bunch of uh, just make content and meet with some uh, business partners that he was like he you know he does the whole affiliate thing with sports betting companies and stuff like that. So course, he was meeting with like yeah. Mojo and doing doing a couple of those. And so he stayed on my couch, but like that night, yeah, I, I'm an early bird. Usually I wake up at 5, 5.30 to start working on stuff. That night we stayed up to like two in the morning just talking about content and just talking about like bit like development, like the business side of things and newsletters and what it means to have a dedicated, you know, follower base. And that those conversations and my girlfriend was there too and she she was into it but we just stayed till two in the morning just talking about that stuff so i think even if you don't you know to me he's a mentor even though he's right. younger than me and he knows more uh or i guess he's younger than me but he knows more about things than me in some areas and i know more in some other areas and so we're able to help each other so i definitely have uh some mentors whether they're like paid where i paid for, to have their help or just um a network basis where we we just talk and kind of help each other out yeah man yeah and it's that that's why i mean i appreciate you saying that too and i just i like to help people because i want i want people to see that it's it's possible to do your own thing like yeah. maybe i'm not fully you know i've had some success i'm not going to say i'm super successful yet because i'm not but i've had some success and there's just there's things that you know, you learn being in it and I try as much as I can to pass it down to people that anybody that wants to listen, I have, when the, when the, um, when the student's ready, the teacher will appear. I don't push it on people because you know, you don't, you don't know. But if somebody comes to me, I'm, I'm open to saying like, Hey, this is, yeah. What do you, what do you need help with? Because 
I feel like you give it out, you give it back, you get it back at some point as well. That's, that's I, it. I had I had somebody help me when I was. I, he still helps me. He's very successful. Um, I he wouldn't he wouldn't say that he's a mentor, but he definitely is a mentor. This guy Sean, he was one of my first. He was one of my first clients. He runs like a he all he does is buy production companies really and run he runs them and he knows how to make content and he knows how to run businesses um but if i call him with anything he's just ready to go and sometimes he's just like hey if you want some unsolicited advice advice here or if i'm dealing with something with a client sometimes that i don't know what to do i'm like i go sean what do you have five minutes and he he helps he's great guy if, if you're listening sean i don't know if you are but you're you're one of my guys but so you had mentioned you had mentioned something you mentioned that you're an early riser five five thirty guy yeah i'm a five thirty guy too um oh, for the it. most part that's but why we're boys that's, that's why, why we're friends. boys that's it <laughs> we're doing work when nobody when everybody's still sleeping that's right so do you have i know so now you do you have a morning routine and what do you think about morning routines also man that's dude that's that's a heavy question because that rubs people a lot, a lot of people the wrong way they're like yo fuck a morning routine am i allowed to cuss i don't know if you're gonna cut that out yeah you could cur. you could, you could cut. it's you <laughs> good. Right. fair game on here baby all right cool 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 because like i'll caps off we're, cut, we're like seven out of ten words are probably cuss words but um oh yeah i've, I've worked with jack before i know <laughs> oh my god yeah 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 and adam might be worth it but okay so morning routine it, it's Mixed feelings. Uh, I, I know a lot of people are mocking like the kind of morning routine nowadays where it's like, I saw a tweet today and it's like, oh, like I'm going to be super successful today because I woke up at four o'clock and I took two cold showers and I worked out and I, and I did this and I wrote all my like objectives, all that kind of stuff. And they were just kind of mocking it. And I agree that like morning routine isn't necessarily going to set, it's going to make you like super successful. Like it's, it's sets the foundation, I think. But that foundation I actually do believe in as as like kind of a momentum builder for you to actually accomplish the things you want to accomplish. And so for me, I do have a morning routine, even though I'm not a stickler about it. You never know. Like sometimes I think it's important to understand sacrifices at times and like what's worth sacrificing, what's not. Um, if I'm if, I'm not going to go on like, I'm not going to have a five hour night of sleep and expect to be productive the next day or a four hour, especially if it's right. like multiple days in a row. And so I'm going to allow myself to sleep in later. And obviously that throws off the morning routine. And so I'm not a super stickler about it. Like when I had Alex here the other night, I'm like, dude, I'm this experience, these four hours where we're staying up to two in the morning, just talking is way more valuable than my morning routine. So I don't care. So that's why I have multiple, I've mixed feelings about it. But for the most part, I would say over... 80% of the time, maybe, uh, roughly, uh, I do have a morning routine where I wake up, I handle my, uh, my brush and teeth duties or whatever, everything like that. And then I come to the, the first thing I do is I really just come to the computer where I'm at now and I start working. And the reason I start doing, uh, I'm doing that now is because I used to go to the gym. And I would go to the gym and work out and then take a cold shower and then work a little bit. What I found is that that didn't give me that much time to work on my stuff that I wanted to. And so I'm like, look, here's what I can do. Like, forget the gym. I can fit in the gym after work. Like, if I'm tired, like, I, I'm, I'm pretty good about fitness or somebody else. Like, maybe tell your morning routine to what works for you. When I'm pretty good at the gym, I can go later. What I want to do now is guarantee four-ish hours, three and a half hours 
to getting stuff that I want to get done for me on the personal business that I'm working on, everything we kind of talked about with coaching, setting up everything I want there, creating content for myself, for my personal brand. I want to guarantee those hours of deep work, deep focus work in the morning. So now I wake up, brush my teeth, I come straight to the computer and I start creating. I start working on whatever I need to work on. I have my list of objectives that I lay, lay out the night before. So you could say my morning routine really starts the night before. And then I knock those things out. I finish that. I take a cold shower. That's one thing I do every morning. I know everybody makes fun of it. I actually think it really helps me. I love cold showers. And I take that. And then I'm ready for work. I go get a coffee. And I think one thing that I've added recently, so whoever um, is listening to this, maybe it helps them as well. I used to first thing in the morning, get a coffee. I don't do that anymore. I kind of read about it. And it was like, oh, maybe wait an hour and a half. Dude, I actually saw a drastic change. Like no bullshit. Uh, the cold showers is like subjective, I think. So whatever. But the 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 coffee, like waiting an hour and a half, that really made a huge difference for me in terms of like when I crashed. I saw so much more energy throughout the day by just waking up and not having coffee in that first like hour, hour and a half. I would just drink water and then I would get a coffee uh, and that would set me up for the rest of the day. So that's kind of my morning routine. Wake up, brush my teeth, come work for a few hours, cold shower, get a coffee, and then I'm out for my nine to five. I mean, that's why we're friends in a lot of ways. Not the cold shower thing. I'm just not there. I'm just not there yet. Um, yeah. Because I'm, I'm not, I'm a wimp right now. I really, <laughs> you know, I, I would, I feel like I would be more inclined to jump in like in an ice bath for two minutes, but my wife totally disagrees with me, which she's probably right. But why we're, I used to wake up and try and figure out things actually when i was at my nine to five my original nine to five i'd wake up work on my own stuff then go to work now i wake up i immediately start working if yeah like so even i'm reading here we go it's right next to me so i'm reading hormozy hundred million dollar offers right here brother i don't know if you can see that brother brother boom all right so i'm reading this again second time i'm reading it Second time I'm reading it because I'm putting, I am putting my offer together. So that's my work right now. That's my current work in the morning is go through that and put my offer together because I'm working on a new offer for a different part of my business. So I'm doing that immediately in the morning, but I usually wake up and I'll do stuff that right now I really want to do that because that is to me, that's a pressing need to put a new offer together, but I'll Mm -hmm. wake up and I'll do stuff that I don't want to do when people have access to me in terms of calling me, being able to call me or like, yeah, anybody could call me at five in the morning, but nobody calls me at five in the morning. Nobody, I want to have five to seven. So those two hours that I have, they're just mine. They're my, my two hours. And those are uninterrupted. So if I'm not working on an offer, I'm doing work that I don't want to get mad when somebody interrupts me doing it throughout the day, you get a lot done in two hours when nobody's around. Nobody's around. hundred percent. And I think it also comes down to just knowing what you're going to do. I think like a lot of people don't, two hours isn't the same for everybody, right? Right. Like two hours of scrolling on your phone and like not knowing what you're there to do, whatever. That goes by in a heartbeat and you get nothing done. Like you might, like if you're creating content, you might get a tweet, you know, get a tweet in or whatever. But if you have a plan, you know what you're going to do in those two hours and for me, because I get distracted, like I'm prone to this. I my phone's here. I'll grab my phone, uh, especially if I'm a little tired in the morning, whatever. Then I'll start. I'll scroll without even knowing. 
So I just throw my phone like back at the couch, which is like behind yeah. me. And then I start working. And I know those two hours are like super, like super uh, productive for me. And it, it makes a world of difference. People think like you have to, like, I think it's, it's, it's a mis misconception that you have to just like overcome your desire to look at your phone. Like why make it hard on yourself when you could just not have your phone in the first place? Like I think just setting up the environment that makes it uh, super easy for you to just be successful is just way easier. It's like work smarter, not harder. Like my phone's in front of me. I'm going to look at it. I, I just, I'm just, I just right. don't put it in front of me. Right. And then even if it's like, if it's face down, you still get random notifications. You, I've shut yeah. notifications off on certain things, but still you get just, but you hear the things. vibrate, even, you hear the little like burn and you're like, yeah, ah, you know, and even the night and now, and now, especially it's, it's football season and I still do fantasy football like a jackass, but I still do it. Um, and I wake up on Monday and I want to see what happens. I'm not saying I'm not staying up to watch the, I'm not staying up. I yeah, don't I stay do. up to watch the games. I go, you got me for a quarter, maybe a half. For, so even tonight, I'm probably not watching the whole game, but I, if you want to wake up and you want to see the score, you want to see how your fantasy guys did, you can't do it. Cause the, the score is not going to change between five and seven thirty, eight o'clock. It's just not right. So, yeah. No, exactly. But, I've, I've even, I'm in the same boat. Like, like, I'll I'll check in what happened in the morning. A lot of times, a lot of these past few Sunday nights, I, I, should, I a lot of times I watch the first quarter, if that, and uh, I'll check in on it. Check in on it later. So I know we're going a little over on time here, but what does an awesome life look like to you? That's a great question. Uh, uh, I'm assuming this is this is a a, a consistent question for mm -hmm, for you guys. Mm -hmm. Um. For me, I, I talk about this a lot. Uh, like when people kind of, when they ask, like, what do you want to do and all this kind of stuff. And the main thing for me is I just want to feel fulfilled. And so that's why I'm doing so much on the side is because at the, the, the last thing I want is to be bored. Like I hate that. And I feel like I'm not fulfilling some, like I'm not fulfilling my purpose or what even is my purpose. And I think I spent months um, from like last year, even like the, the early months of 2023 where I didn't know necessarily what my purpose was. And that's where I was trying to figure that out. And I was like, Oh, I think I, I actually really do like helping people and I can use my skill set to help other people make, uh, you know, make better, a better life for themselves with content or whatever it may be. And so I say that to say that, like, I want to feel, uh, fulfilled and purposeful and, when I found what that is and I've been iterating it and I've been creating it, like I said, I've been working with mentors to get there. And so I know what that is now. And it is helping other people um, accomplish goals. And at this time, because where my skill set is, those goals are building a brand and connecting that with an engaged audience. And so when you take that, I want to be able to, do a lot with that and scale that and to the point where it's like i'm really in control of my time because i can flip it on and off with the switch you know okay like i have certain uh, a certain amount of clients that is giving me the financial freedom the time freedom um freedom in general to be able to move how i want to move when i want to take on more i can take on more and so the freedom i kind of talked about it really autonomy to me, just like having control of what I want to do um, while having that purpose being fulfilled. I think that is my awesome 
life. And I think that's why I've really been trying to grow my personal brand because obviously the more I can grow that, the more people I can help and the more people help me with uh, the business that I'm building. And when I can be at a position where, or in a position where I'm dedicating my, my time to that and impacting the most people, then I think I'll be happy. And this, and, and just like, lastly, the, the reason I really love this industry and I love the idea of personal branding and growing that is because it never ends. You can, you can always grow. You can always impact more people. And so that's really exciting for me. Whereas like with the nine to five, with the job, like whether you believe there's more or not, it could take time. You're not in control of your own growth. Whereas with your personal brand and, um, you know, building influence in this way, you're completely in control. Like you can make more content. You can reach more people. If you want to spend money on, on ads for follows, whatever, like you can do whatever you want to do to truly grow. And so that's, that's where I think that's where my awesome life is just having uh, time, freedom, um, like money, freedom. And, um, while I have those things be in a position to, just impact a large amount of people and let that feed into the time and money freedom. Right. It's like a, a big uh, cycle. And um, yeah, I think that kind of like covers it right there. Uh, I know I said a lot, but that's kind of like the, the main thing. That was good. That was, that was a good answer for that. That was awesome. See, you use that word a lot here. It's good. Yeah. But there we go. Thanks man. Appreciate now, it. This is, this is going to be important. This is going to be very important. What is your go-to karaoke song? We belong together, Mariah Carey. Wow! Wow! Yeah. Solid, solid. Yeah. Wow. Man, I I had the biggest crush on Mariah Carey when I was a little kid. <laughs> Everybody like, did, dude, dude, like the biggest ever. And um, I remember like the the music video Obsessed came out first. First, I loved that we belong together, and then and then um, Obsessed came out where she was like making a song about Eminem, and like he got ran over by a bus or whatever at the end. Yeah. Anyways, the music video was spectacular. Um, I was probably too young to watch that when I first watched it, but I was I, I was in love with her, and so yeah, we belong together is just like my song, dude. Like always has been. I used to sing it in middle school out loud like all the time. It was just funny, and now it's still my my go to. That's phenomenal. Unbelievable stuff, man. This, this was great. This is great having you on. We, we have, we have been talking. I lost track of time because we, this has been just such a good back and forth conversation. Um, thank you so much for coming on the show, but before you get out of here, you got to tell everybody where and how they can find you. Yeah. So you can find me at the Felipe Fontes, every platform, uh, made that uniform. So easy. The Felipe Fontes, um, F E L I P E. A lot of people don't know how to spell that. F E L I P E F O N T E S. And yeah, you'll find me everywhere there. And yeah, bro, thank you so much for for having me on. And you you first invited me on this thing, and I was super excited. I mean, the podcast is doing awesome. I was like, wow, he must think I'm doing awesome. Uh, but <laughs> it's it's really cool to be here and and talk to you. And I know we think a lot alike in in many different ways. As we even talk about, like with the morning routine, you pull out the hundred million dollar offers. It's literally <laughs> yeah. right next, right next to me. I even have the next book, hundred million dollar leads, right next to it too. And uh, but yeah, I'm re really happy to be here, and I have a feeling we're gonna make a a, a lot of collab 
con collaborative content, I should say, uh, in the future, because, you know, we, we definitely vibe well. So definitely, yeah, man, it. definitely, man. It was great having you here and everybody who's listening right now. Don't forget to go leave us a review on Apple, Spotify, subscribe to the YouTube channel. And I'm doing the new thing. I'm putting the full episodes on Twitter as well. So you'll get it everywhere. You will get it everywhere possible. Google Podcast is shutting down, so don't look there. But please go leave us a review. And Felipe, my guy, thank you again. And everyone, we will see you next week.